The Italian Radio Hour is sponsored by Istituto Mondo Italiano. Buonasera a tutti, good evening and welcome to the Italian Radio Hour. Io sono Viviana. Io sono Caterina. We would like to welcome everyone back to our back uh, back Excuse me, we'd like to welcome back our regular listeners and also welcome any new listeners and everyone listening online at khbradio.com. Also, be sure to like us on Instagram and Facebook at the Italian Radio Hour and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch up on any past episodes. E io vorrei dare il benvenuto ai nostri ascoltatori da tutto il mondo. Grazie per essere con noi anche oggi mentre continuiamo il nostro viaggio per l'Italia e la cultura italiana. Well, Viviana, we are finally back in uh, the studio live for a change. And obviously, I messed up my beginning there because it's been a while. A little bit of practice there. (laughs) So we've had a a bit of a summer break in our live broadcasts. If our uh, listeners haven't noticed for the past uh, several weeks, Viviana has been traveling all over Italy, and she's been recording the many interviews that were broadcast the last six or seven weeks. Um, We're going to be doing something a little bit interesting. Uh, We're starting a a, a new section in the show today. Uh, We are going to be introducing a little rubrica or a section where we will share a few tips every week about how to travel to Italy. Um, so, Viviana, uh, tell us a little bit about your travels this summer. Um, where did you go? How long were you in Italy? Did you visit any new places that you've never seen, even though you're native Italian, you've you know, lived there? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my father said I needed to have my GPS, you know, in, in, implanted in me because this year, this summer, I was really all over the place. So I started with my vacation with my husband in the uh, lake region. We were actually based in Lake Como, uh, where also I was invited to see the Ratti collection, one of the oldest uh, fabrics collection in the world, and I hope to bring you uh, an interview with their director. Uh, in Como, then we were fortunate enough to experience a local festival of a specific fish that comes from the lake and is indeed fished in that particular time we were there. Then, still in that region, we're still within an hour driving distance, uh, we added Bergamo, Brescia, Mantova, and Cremona, as you already know, because I have already brought you the interview with Maestro Trabucchi, Cremona being famous for the violin-making uh, tradition. Then the town of San Pellegrino, yes, indeed, that lovely, bubbly, sparkling water that adorns most of um, um, Italian stables, because they have also a brand new spa, so we enjoy a day of total relaxation in San Pellegrino. A quick uh, drive to Torino, then back to Rome, off to Sardinia or Sardegna, on my own for two weeks, then came back, connected with my brother, went to Greece and Turkey, and my husband, uh, who was already there, back to Italy, Puglia, to just for a family reunion, then almost a week in Torino again with my sister. So that's what happens when you have two siblings that take vacation times at different times. You gotta find time to spend time with one and time with other and then back to the States. <laughs> Do you have a headache yet? <laughs> that sounds 
exhausting. Um, honestly, I would need a vacation <laughs> Just after think, that vacation. I have to say, I have to say that um, I think my experience in uh, my um, trip to Sardinia was indeed that uh, type of experience that allowed me to recharge. And uh, Sardinia itself has a rugged interior and a breathtaking coastline. Um, has a lot of centuries-old traditions and uh, proud people in love with their land. Um, it is indeed the second largest um, island in the Mediterranean and one of the oldest lands in Europe. Um, Sardinia also is very unique. It's usually not on the um, first uh, to go to list of most of first time um, tourists, but definitely um, Italians love to enjoy the seaside in Sardinia. Um, and uh, so it has indeed um, um, experienced many invasions, uh, including the Romans that all left a strong mark on the island's um, culture, um, creating indeed this fascinating blend of Spanish, French, and Italian influence, and just a dash of Moorish. And indeed, the word hospitality, which the Sardinian people are very good at, comes from a, an old king of Sardinia. Uh, so it, it was interesting to to know where the um, the word came from. And even D. H. Lawrence depicted Sardinia as lost between Europe and Africa, and belonging to nowhere, belonging to nowhere never having belonged to anywhere. And he was right. It is impossible to compare Sardinia to other Italian regions of the Mediterranean island. Um, it is indeed like no other place. And I arrived with an open mind, an open heart. I was actually doing some family research as well. And I totally immersed myself in this singular experience that um, Sardinia is living you know, leaving the beautiful coastline for the seasonal tourists. I was I spent most of my time in the um, inland. So in the next few months, uh, we will continue to share um, what I have learned, experienced, and also from your trips. We'll we'll share with the audience what you're going to learn and 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 share. And uh, so to tonight's interview um, is indeed as the world mourn the passing of a queen, I found the king of the smallest kingdom in the world, Tonino Bartoleoni. And this little kingdom is a little teeny tiny island of Sardinia. Yeah, I had never heard of it. Um, when when I saw that you were interviewing this uh, king, the, the, the king of the smallest kingdom of the world, I looked it up because uh, I've never heard of this island, Tavolata. Tavolata. I had never heard that before. So this is kind of the advantage of when you find out something and you're already in the land. So I had arrived in Sardinia. I was actually in the capital, Cagliari. And uh, whether it was jet lagging or uploading pictures on uh, social media, I had the TV running in the background. It was a, a local uh, channel. And uh, Tonino Bartoleoni and the story of his kingdom actually came about. And I took a note. I was like, how cool is that? And like you did, I started researching um, that. You know, how did you arrange uh, the interview with, with this, this uh, Tonino Bertoglioni? Uh, how did you get, well, get in contact with I him? I put in my notebook, my very n precious notebook that I always carry with me with uh, all the notes. 
And uh, again, it was in the back of my mind, but not a priority because I had some other interviews already scheduled. So at the very end of my, my trip, um, and I was um, driving, um, I drove pretty much across Sardinia uh, to get as close as um, possible to this island, booked a night, and I start calling, I start contacting anyone that had posted pictures with Tonino, tried to find out if someone had a, a number or something. So I was lucky enough to find the number. I called and a lady said, yeah, yeah, I see Tonino is watering the plants. I'm trying to call about um, an hour, in an hour. And uh, so I called in, a long, in an hour and Tonino, very lively, uh, very gracious, said that that's, you know, sure. Sure, sure. Um, just come to the island, and th there was only a problem that the ferry taking me to that island that was already sold out. And he said, "Well, tell the sales office that Tonino to to <laughs> is expecting you." And I think those magic words uh, worked because I went to the ticket office. I said, "No, it's all sold out." And they squeezed and you in and I said, "Tonino," <laughs> and then their eyes are like, "Yes, sir." <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> they stuck you in a little corner of the of the boat somewhere. Okay. <laughs> yes. So today we're gonna play out this uh, this uh, interview that was recorded uh, a few weeks back in 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 Sardinia. Ma prima, you know, a little bit of pubblicità. Parli italiano? Do you want to learn, improve, or master your Italian? Istituto Mondo Italiano can help. Located in the heart of Regent Square. Mondo Italiano offers small group classes and one-on-one -on -one private tutoring to help you learn Italian in no time. Visit us online at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org. Our new classes start on October the 3rd. Un caffè, per favore. My first cup of coffee sets the tone for my entire day, and I get my coffee alla prima espresso. La prima has been brewing Pittsburgh's best coffee for nearly 35 years. Try any of their in-house roasted varieties of beans from all over the world at home or come and enjoy an espresso or a cappuccino at any of their locations where their friendly baristas and familiar faces will make you feel at home. Because a trip to La Prima is like a little trip to Italy, only closer to home. So I guess now uh, we're going to be listening to um, Viviana's interview with Tonino Bertoglioni, who is the king of Tavolara, the smallest kingdom in the world that was recorded this summer in Sardinia. Once upon a time, there was a king and an island. You think that this is the beginning of a fairy tale, but today we have the honor to talk to the king of the smallest kingdom in Italy and uh, the island of Tavolara specifically is located off the region of Sardinia and with me I have a king Tonino Bartoleone. Salve! <laughs> so you might hear some waves in the background and uh, if I could only show you how beautiful the color of the sea in this part of the world is, it's amazing. Uh, but this is a very intriguing story that goes back several centuries ago. And today, Tonino will tell us a little bit how he inherited this title. Allora, Re Tonino, posso la, la chiamo così? Eh, sì. <laughs> I might have to call him king. Um, 
ci può raccontare un pochino come nasce la storia di questo regno? Can you tell us how the story of this kingdom starts? Questo regno è iniziato da un genovese che si chiamava Giuseppe Bertolino. Okay, so the, the story goes back to a, a Genoese uh, man, his name is Giuseppe Bartoleoni. Yeah, appunto, è partito da Genoa, anzi, questo qui aveva una barca piccolina eh, a vela e a remi, allora si andava così. È partito da Genoa, appunto, per venire in Sardegna e visitare, non la Sardegna all'interno, ma la Sardegna le isolette che c'erano intorno alla Sardegna. So Giuseppe was actually an avid sailor. He had uh, both a, a sailing boat and a, a rowing boat. And he decided at some point to embark, to explore not the mainland of Sardinia, but actually the islands. Eh. È iniziato appunto, eh, si è fermato in Corsica e dalla Corsica ha cominciato a visitare eh, le isolette che c'erano all'arcipelago della Maddalena, che sono vicinissime. Mm -hmm. Uh, so first he stopped in Corsica and then from there he started to explore the islands during the archipelago of the Maddalena. E nell'archipelago della Maddalena appunto ha visto queste isole che si chiama Santa Maria e Sofia, due isole. E poi da lì ha visto questa montagna che si chiama Tavolara dove siamo adesso. In seguito è venuta a visitare, ha trovato Tavolara. So the first islands that he explored were the, the um, uh, Maddalena and Sophie. And then uh, he uh, saw the mountain that was, uh, um, that he could see from this island of Tavolare. And actually, if you approach it from a boat, the first thing is going to catch your eyes indeed this big mountain. Visto Tavolare, visto queste isole, ha cominciato dalla punta di Santa Maria, dall'isola di Santa Maria. Che si ha fabbricato, si ha fatto una casa lui, Giuseppe Petroni, con le sue mani, poi ha piantato orte, cose, insomma, si ha fatto così. Uh, so, first, uh, so he decided to settle in Santa Maria first. So, he uh, built a house himself and also started to grow a vegetable garden. Una volta che si è fatto la casa Santa Maria, se ne è venuto qui a tavolare eh, e si è fatto la casa a tavolare. Okay, so once he was all done with um, building the house and everything in uh, Santa Maria, he decided to settle and build a, a house in Tavolara as well. Quindi fa, si ha fatto questa casa e poi piano piano le ha anche abitate. So obviously after having built the homes, he started also, also to live in them. Una volta che le abitate però, hanno cominciato le sia dalla Maddalena e sia qui dalle le Gallorese da qui è un po' dispiaciuto che questo Giuseppe si era impossessato di queste isole. So uh, from the uh, the islands of the Maddalena and so forth you know they started to be a little bit of discontent or rumors that this Giuseppe had taken over the islands. Quindi poi è venuto a sapere anche il re quando è arrivato il re, il re è arrivato dopo di Bertolino. Quale re? re Calla, il primo, re Calalberto, mm -hmm. che allora era re di Piemonte e Sardegna. Mm -hmm. eh. So, these rumors made it all the way to the king. Uh, we're talking about the first king, Carlo Alberto, who was the king of both Sardinia and Piedmont. Eh. 
quando Carlo Alberto appunto è venuto a visitare la Sardegna col Panfelo, è passato dall'arcipelago, dal Golfo Leone, eh, poi si è fermato all'isola della Maddalena e cercava Bertolione appunto a Giuseppe Bertolione. Mm -hmm. So the, the king decided to actually come here and uh, with his Panfelo's boat he uh, stopped first at the Leone. Perché lui andava e veniva. Invece Giuseppe Bertolone era, era a Santa Maria. Però il panfalo reale è venuto qui appunto, ha parlato con il pastore, ha lasciato un bigliettino dove diceva che il panfalo reale rimaneva tre giorni alla fonda appunto all'entrata di Olbia e quindi se voleva andare a visitarlo Giuseppe in seguito di fatto così ha fatto. So, uh, so the king um, was told in a, a Madalena Island that uh, Giuseppe was actually in Santa Maria, but uh, he, uh, with his royal pamphlet, uh, came to Tavolara. Um, he ran into a shepherd and also left a message, a note that uh, his, uh, his uh, ship would be here for three days. Appunto, quando Giuseppe Bertolone è arrivato, il pastore gli ha detto appunto che il re rimaneva lì. Giuseppe Bertolione è andato appunto nella, nel golfo di Olbia, lì dove era la nave alla fonda, e si è presentato facendogli il saluto con i remi, il saluto marinaio, il saluto che si fa. Uh -huh. uh, so, once it, uh, Giuseppe returned to Tavolara, the shepherd uh, related the message, and uh, he uh, took his boat and went to where the royal boat was indeed um, at near Albia and uh, introduced himself and greeted the king with a typical uh, greeting that sailors uh, do with the rose. Quindi, una volta arrivate lì, si è imbarcato sulla barca, sul panfano, hanno parlato un po', e poi con la scialuppa sono scesi a Albia. E nel corso Umberto pure, nel corso Umberto passeggiava il re e Giuseppe Bertoglione parlando appunto della sua storia di tavolare, come era andata a finire la storia. Poi da lì sono andate anche a, um, alla chiesa di San Simplicio, che è una chiesa molto antica, conosciuta. Eh? Uh, so, um, after uh, the two met, they started to talk and socialize, and uh, they got off the boat, they started strolling down the main street in, in Albia, and they went also to visit a very ancient, a very old church in San Simplicio. Una volta poi tornati a bordo, per, una volta, Giuseppe Bertoglioni se ne è venuto a tavolare, il re è rimasto lì e l'ha invitato il giorno dopo a venire a caccia a queste capre selvatiche che c'erano a tavolare, famosi capri quotenti d'oro che avevano l'ucidità, chissà da quanti anni c'erano, eh. mm -hmm. e quindi sono venuto a fare questa battuta di caccia. So once they uh, returned uh, then, uh, to uh, the royal vessel, uh, and then eventually Giuseppe returned to Tavolara, he invited the king to come for a hunting um, um, here on the island of Tavolara, where there are these very old um, and special goats. Una volta appunto fatta questa battuta di caccia, così mentre si discutevano cosa e l'altra, Giuseppe Bertolione fa una battuta al re e gli dice lei il re di Piemonte e Sardegna, ma io sono il re di Tavolara. So here, as after having a very pleasant uh, hunting trip together, uh, jokingly uh, Giuseppe said you might be the king of Piemonte and Sardegna, but I am the king of Tavolara. 
il re come ha sentito questa battuta così e gli ha detto allora io veramente lo faccio re di tavolare. Well, it sounds like uh, the king of, uh, had quite a good sense of humor because he said, well, since you say that, I'm going to make sure that is going to happen. Prende foglio e carta, eh? scrive con le sue pugne, riconoscendolo appunto proprietario e il re di quest'isola di Tavolare. And uh, so the king indeed uh, um, took out um, pen and paper, so to speak, and uh, he put in writing that the island of Tavolara did indeed belong to uh, Giuseppe Bartoleoni. Eh. Eh, quindi Giuseppe Bartoleoni era diventato re. So Giuseppe now was officially the king of Tavolara. So the question is, it sounds like everyone uh, and uh, um, they lived happily um, ever after, but is that the case? Quindi tutti vissero felici e contenti o successe qualcos'altro? Oh, successe qualcos'altro. Eh, lo Stato, mm -hmm. il demario Marina, non ha riconosciuto che eh, eh, Bertoglioni proprietari e re di quest'isola. So obviously not, not everyone lived happily ever after because uh, the state, the Demanio Marina, was not recognizing, was not acknowledging Giuseppe as the king of Tavolara. Eh, lo Stato diceva che l'isola era dello Stato, non era di Giuseppe. Mm -hmm. And uh, maintaining the position that the island belonged to the state. Allora, Giuseppe Bertoglione, uh, Paolo Bertoglione, questo è il figlio, è rimasto 4-5 mesi e così che non sapeva cosa fare, cosa decidere, ma poi ha pensato, dice io con lo Stato, col demanio ci perdo, perché? Allora ha pensato di andare a Torino a trovare il re. In the meanwhile, uh, the son of Giuseppe Paolo, uh, who was the one indeed now uh, in charge of, uh, that had inherited the island, um, realized that probably he was not going if there had been like some sort of lawsuit he was not going to be able to win it so he had a bright idea to actually go back to the king of Piedmont quindi è partito da Tavolara si fa Città Vecchia Olbia Città Vecchia e da lì da arrivato a Torino a Re a Casa Reale So he started this, uh, this journey from Albia uh, all the way to Torino until he got to the royal palace. Una volta arrivato lì, e dice, l'hanno riconosciuto, dice, lei cosa ci fa qua, gli hanno chiesto. Allora lui gli ha detto, gli ha fatto vedere la denuncia del demanio che gli stava prendendo l'isola. And uh, so he was uh, greeted and recognized, and they were wondering why he was indeed at the royal palace. And Paolo explained that he had been sued, so to speak, and showed the, the paper that I had received from the demanio, um, demanding control of the island. Ne parlano di correco, generale la marmora, di questa situazione. E poi gli dicono a Paolo Bertoloni, dice lei, signor Paolo, dice, vada pure a casa, dice che ci pensiamo noi per la sua faccenda. Mm -hmm. So he talked to the king, he talked to the general La Marmora, and he was uh, reassured that he could go home, that they would take care of this matter. Infatti lui se n'è venuto, dopo una ventina di giorni che lui, Paolo Bertoloni, era qui a Tavolara, ha avuto una, un avviso di chiamata 
da Tempio di presentarsi a Tempio all'ufficio registri e alla procura di Tempio. So, um, about 20 days after, he received a notice to report to the office where all the deeds uh, were kept. Uh, we're talking about Tempio Pausania. And the king had sent... Valli uh, si presenta a Tempio, lì alla procura di Tempio, e lì c'era alla procura di Tempio la Bergamena. Che avevano spedito da Torino uh, a, a, appunto a, a Tempio, all'ufficio del registro di Tempio e alla procura di Tempio. E questa eh, appunto eh, c'era scritto appunto su questa pergamena, quando lui è tornato con questa pergamena, c'era scritto: non si riconosce nessun altro proprietario sull'isola di Tavolara. Paolo Bertolioni, re. Okay. So indeed uh, the paper was in, uh, had been sent from uh, the king to the temple of Pausania, the office of the deeds uh, that acknowledged um, Paolo as the, there is no other owner of the island of Tavolara but Paolo Bertolioni. Sì. <laughs> Quindi Paolo Bertolioni fa una grossa festa invita sotto un albero grande di carrupe enorme e un sindaco di Orbe e altre persone e quindi poi lo vengono a sapere, il giornale ne parlano e la viene a sapere la regina Vittoria d'Inghilterra di questo regno. So Paolo in order to celebrate this, uh, indeed this uh, happy ending, uh, organized a big party on the island with the mayor of Albia, photographers came, people that were journalists came, people that wrote about it. And the news made it all the way to uh, the Queen Victoria. La regina Vittoria, quando ha saputo appunto di questo regno di Tavolara, nel Mediterraneo qua, c'era la nave inglese Vulcan, era la nave lunga 100 metri, la più armata bella, con giornalisti a bordo sempre. E la regina Vittoria ha ordinato ai fotografi che c'erano a bordo di venire qui a, a scendere qui a Tavolara a fotografare il regno di Tavolara come vivevano. Uh, so the Queen Victoria was very intrigued. Uh, one of the biggest um, um, vessels um, uh, was indeed um, in, in, the, in the sea. So she asked um, indeed um, to bring the vessel here and have the photographers to um, document how people were living in Tavolara. Appunto, fanno tante fotografie, tante cose. E una di queste foto, i miei antenati, L'hanno fatta proprio sulla nave Vulcano, eh, mio nonno che era allora re con tutta la famiglia. E la regina Vittoria appunto ha scelto in tutte queste foto questa foto del regnante di Tavolara sulla nave Vulcano. Ok, so uh, many pictures were taken that day uh, on this uh, beautiful vessel, the Vulcan, and then eventually the, the Queen Victoria personally chose one uh, that uh, portrayed uh, the grandfather at that point, he was still the king of Tavolara with his entire family. Quindi questa foto ce l'abbiamo noi a casa, e adesso si va. 
And uh, now this picture, obviously they have um, this picture at home. Ma questa foto la possiamo vedere anche da qualche altra parte. So no, this, questa foto però, so la regina Vittoria appunto, questa foto che abbiamo noi, che ce l'ha spedita lì, da lì, mm -hmm. dall'Inghilterra, che è arrivata, uh, questa foto se l'ha tenuta lì a Valle Campana, mm -hmm. dove c'è scritto il più piccolo regno del mondo, isola di Tavolara, che si trova nel golfo di Terranova a Pavusani, mm -hmm. perché allora si chiamava Olga, si chiamava adesso Olga, si chiamava Terranova. Mm -hmm. ah. uh, so, uh, Queen Victoria um, actually um, uh, does have a, one of these pictures that is kept in Buckingham Palace uh, within the uh, comment uh, this is the the smallest uh, kingdom of Tavolara that is uh, located in the Gulf of per, um, Peranova that was the previous uh, name the former name of uh, Olbia. Quindi questo che racconto è tutta storia vera tutta storia nostra raccontata dai antenati e quindi penso che la storia deve sempre andare avanti. So this is a story that obviously has been passed on within his family from generation to generation and Tonino believes that the story must go on and must be told. Um, well, let's find out if this kingdom is going to continue. Uh, Re Tonino, ci sono, ci sono eredi? C'è sì. un nuovo, un nuovo sì, sì. re? C'è mio figlio, uh -huh. che si chiama Giuseppe, appunto. Gli ho messo il nome del primo antenato Giuseppe. Uh -huh. eh. So he does have a son, Giuseppe, and obviously the name um, is to commemorate the, uh, indeed, the Giuseppe, the initial Giuseppe Bartoleoni, the very, very first king of Tavolara. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this place. It's like a heaven uh, on earth, questo posto paradisiaco. Um, the water is crystal clear, uh, l'acqua cristallina. Um, lei abita qua tutto l'anno? Do you reside on the island all year long? No, adesso sono qualche anno che andiamo d'inverno, allora ce ne andiamo ai 4-5 mesi d'inverno che è vicino a Porto San Paolo, mm -hmm. la mia famiglia. Però okay. io sto sempre andando e venendo con la barca, sono sempre il piatto. Eh, lei come, come Giuseppe, il no, navigatore. Esattamente, no, sempre qua. So, uh, it's been just a few years uh, that uh, um, they do not reside here during the winter. Uh, obviously, Tonino has a beautiful family with grandchildren, so it's just a little more practical to live on the mainland. But he, like Giuseppe, has his little boat, so he comes and goes on a regular basis. <laughs> Non vado più a Remi, come si andava prima, adesso se va a motore 10 minuti, si va e si viene. Quindi... Uh, yes, he doesn't row personally, now he has a little engine on his boat, so he can come and go uh, in a much more uh, efficient way. Allora, la ringrazio per, uh, per aver condiviso questa bellissima storia. Thank you very much for sharing this, uh, uh, this story with us. E invitiamo tutto il nostro pubblico a venire a trovarla a Tavolara. So we invite you all to come to this little paradisiac um, island here eh, in Sardegna. Sono un po' anziano, eh? Ah, eh. non è vero. He's, he's a little old, but he doesn't eh, look like... Ho 89 anni. He's 89 years old. Those beautiful Sardinian uh, jeans. Questi jeans, il DNA sardo. Sì, esattamente. Ancora cammino sul bordo della barca. He's indeed ah. still very active and so forth. And uh, uh, di nuovo grazie. <laughs> well, that was a kind of a unique experience. What do you think about it, uh, listening to it? 
Fascinating story about a fascinating character, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> it was so so pleasant, and again, the island was uh, was filled with uh, you know people that were taking pictures with him or just enjoying the beautiful uh, coastline. The restaurant is fabulous. I had the best spaghetti alle vongole con bottarga. The bottarga is uh, uh, a specialty in that region, and just to die for. I will go back anytime just uh, just for that. But when we talk about traveling, that's that's where we're going to start our new. Rubrica. Uh, Rubrica, as we said before, it's a small section dedicated to a specific topic and we will be handling uh, traveling. You know, we'll discuss pros and cons, tips here and there to make sure that um, uh, indeed your next trip to Italy is the most memorable one. So, Catherine, I think uh, the starting point would be uh, first to consider why you want to go to Italy and identify what type of traveler you are to see indeed what type of trip might be most appropriate and within your uh, comfort zone. Um, what I can think of first time travelers versus experienced or returning travelers. Or a, a solo traveler, or perhaps you're traveling with your friends or your family members or a significant other. Certainly the logistics will vary greatly from, uh, from you know, depending on how many people are traveling. And uh, or uh, you might uh, reconnecting with uh, your distant relatives, or maybe not so distant relatives. <laughs> even. Uh, and also, n- another uh, thing to consider is um, interest-based uh, uh, travel. Um, a lot of people have an interest, say, in, in hiking or biking or cooking or wine, and they may want to visit Italy to explore those possibilities. Or, like myself, a native Italian returning home. Versus maybe a foreign going to Italy, because as you always tease me, (laughs) I usually do my arrangements last minute, whereas the Americans or yourself make arrangements way before. (laughs) Yes, molto in anticipo. We do things way far ahead of time. You know, there were specific uh, family (laughs) situations, right? Circumstances that led me to buy my ticket almost the last minute. Well, you know, there's uh, actually an- another reason you might want to go to Italy. You might want to go to Italy to um, improve your Italian skills, to attend a-, a language school. There are many, many, many Italian language schools throughout Italy that offer non-Italian speakers the opportunity to immerse yourself in the language and, and the culture of Italy. And you can go for as little as one week or even up to several months. Yes, and uh, also during this rubrica, over time, we can discuss opportunities on how to interact and practice your Italian while while in Italy because we know in the bigger cities uh, people will tend to communicate with you mainly in English or for instance if you are married you're not in Italian I mean you have learned some Italian um, and you're traveling with your native Italian speaker how do you protect so to speak your ability to practice your Italian without being overshadowed by your native Italian spouse uh, yeah that and happens to sh- my husband a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yes, they always uh, they always ask me. Oh, why doesn't he does he speak Italian? No, uh-huh. no, he speaks English. Yeah, another reason you might want to travel to Italy is to buy property in Italy. Uh, maybe you have a dream to retire um, along the Amalfi Coast or wherever, or or maybe you want to spend six months a year in Italy and six months in the United States. Oh yes, we can then def- definitely discuss that. So. Caterina, what type of traveler are you? How many times have you been to Italy? And did you see your experiences changing for the best, obviously, as you t- return to Italy more frequently and build more confidence? 
Well, I've been to Italy about a dozen times. The first time um, I went to Italy was with my family when I was a teenager. We went to Sicily to visit my relatives. My mother had immigrated to the States um, back in 1949, and she hadn't seen her her, uh, her sisters and her, her nieces and nephews for many years. So we went back in 1969. I'm dating myself. <laughs> but anyways, um, and that was the first time. Uh, since then, I have done the whole thing the whole spectrum. (laughs) I have done an organized big bus tour many, many, many years ago. I've been on small group tours. I've done specialized culinary food and wine tours. I've done independent travel. I even spent an entire month at a language school. So now I consider myself really more of a traveler than a tourist. Um, I've seen uh, the major tour sites in the major cities. I've ticked them off, you know. So Mm -hmm. I really don't need to see the Coliseum for the 15th time. Um, And also, I like to go and since I'm retired now I have the luxury to spend four to five weeks when I go to Italy and I like to limit my trips to a few regions to concentrate to to concentrate on on a certain Mm -hmm. area and to try to get off the beaten path Mm -hmm. and also to explore my interests which happen to be culinary traditions I Mm -hmm. I want to you know not rush from place to place I really want to enjoy where I am relaxed experience and then also you're very daring because you know how to drive and you do regularly drive in Italy as well so <laughs> that's wonderful. So let's discuss a few tips when scheduling your trip to Italy based on why you're going to Italy, when are you going to Italy, where are you going, and for how long. So <clears throat> we said before, both uh, you and I have been going to Italy for several weeks at a time recently. And although our approach differed greatly, we, in our own way, did some preparation that can be shared with our listeners that ensure the peace of mind once we got on that plane. So are we ready to start? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, type number one, first-time traveler, maybe a shy traveler, a solo traveler, a, um, a woman traveling by herself, doesn't like to plan the itinerary. Kathy, what do you think? What would you suggest? Well, it really depends on your personality. Uh, you may feel more comfortable on a group tour. Um, certainly, there are many, many, many group tours available. You can do anything from a big bus tour. Uh, companies like, you know, Perillo and Gate One and Trafalgar, you, you know, everybody's heard of those. Um, or uh, a small group tour that maybe only has maybe 10 or 12 people, up to 24 people. And again, there are a multitude of, of, of these types of tours available. And you can do your research on the internet. You know, uh, companies like, you know, Rick Steves, Odyssey, and then even small companies. Um, Another possibility is do you have a special interest? You might want to look into a special interest tour. Maybe you're an avid cycler. There are small group tours that specialize in cycling from one place to another. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps you're an older um, person. Um, You might want to look into something like Road Scholar, Mm -hmm. who specializes in group tours for older people. Yeah, I heard great things about it. Yeah. yeah. Another possibility is um, you can look for specific tour groups that are for only solo travelers. Mm-hmm. And there's even one for only, actually there's several, for solo female travelers. There's actually a, a website called womentravelingtogether.com mm-hmm. um, for women traveling alone. And uh, and also a cruise it tends to be a good um, option because, first of all, you have a variety 
at dif- the, the different ports. And again, that experience of also the life at sea. And uh, again, if you're a shy traveler, you're traveling by yourself for the first time, let them take care of you. Uh, for for a little bit so that uh, you don't have to frantically run from one place to um, another. And obviously, to make these arrangements, uh, work with a professional, someone that knows Italy, not someone that can just book your hotel in Italy. Um, you want that customized experience. So obviously, in, in any scenario, um, there might be some pros and cons. Let's talk, <clears throat> excuse me, let's talk about the pros and cons of group tours. Um, so... Well, I've, I've done s- several types of group tours, so I'm <laughs> think pretty you familiar. I a frequent traveler, Stan. I, I, uh, almost, not quite. <laughs> okay, uh, certainly with a group tour, one of the pros is that everything is pretty, pretty much prearranged. You just show up. You don't have to worry about finding hotels. You don't have to worry about getting from point A to point B. You don't have to worry pretty much about restaurants. Uh, uh, reservations because Mm -hmm. many times these tours will have group dinners. You don't have to worry about getting tickets ahead of time to go to the Colosseum or to the Vatican Museums. So you don't have to worry about that. Also, you do have sort of a general idea of how much the trip is going to cost. You can budget beforehand. You can can prepare for that trip. Yeah, there are certain things not included, Mm -hmm. like um, tips. Depending Mm -hmm. on the tour that you're on, some include tips, many do not. And then meals and drinks not included in the tours and and, and any souvenirs nearest personal expenses. Okay. Well, the other, as I said, we're talking about the solo traveler, the um, the one with less experience. Uh, these options uh, might also put you in contact with uh, um, travel companions that uh, with whom you can form long-term friendships. Um, maybe you don't have to be so fluent in Italian or any Italian at all. And uh, pretty much you have professional guides and tour managers to help uh, solve all your problems, if, uh, if anything. And again, it's nice to be in a group. Now, there are some cons as well. <laughs> yes. Tell us, tell us about yes. uh, uh, what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. There are some things you have to adapt to when you are in a group. One thing is, Pretty much on every group tour, you have a strict schedule. Typical schedule, breakfast from 7 to 8 in the hotel dining room. On the bus at 8, you get on the bus. You reach uh, point A at 8.30. You have a lunch break at a certain time. So there's little, if any, flexibility, cer- certainly on the days that are, sc- are already scheduled. You can't say, hey, you know, I don't want mm-hmm. to go see this museum. Or, hey, you know, I, I want to stay longer. You can't do that. Okay. Another thing is you may not like your travel companions. So on one hand, you might if you're lucky, or you may not. <laughs> there is always at least one person in every group who is a royal pain in the behind, who is always late, who is always complaining about everything. And that may grate on your nerves, let me tell you. And how about all those group meals? On one hand, again, no headache about making reservations, but... Uh, do you have any comments on those group meals? Well, usually when you're on a tour, you eat your group meal either in the hotel dining room or in a restaurant that can accommodate a large number. So you're not going to have that intimate kind of trattoria, local mm-hmm. kind of feel. And you usually have a set menu. You may have the opportunity to cho- to choose between one or two entrees, but generally it's a set menu. It's a set menu. So, so you really you don't have that opportunity to, to pick. To, it's like a 
what ticket. What is that? I would like yeah. to know what is called. Okay. And if you're vegetarian, that might be a problem. If you're vegan, it might be a problem. Because so, they haven't, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I you mean, obviously, listen. Italy can accommodate those right. uh, um, eating uh, restrictions, but uh, they might not have uh, made the arrangements beforehand for you. Uh, I see a lot of people with headphones, with, uh, you know, I, I was on the plane and I'm, you know, I didn't bring my headphones, so I had to resort to the, to the airline. And I came out. I really wanted to see this movie. My ears were hurting. Um, how about those headphones? Are they very when, good? Whenever, whenever, you, whenever you are in a large group tour, they have these little individual little headsets. Mm-hmm. And they have different names. They're called whispers or different other names. Mm-hmm. And the quality is quite variable. And it's uncomfortable. And... It makes you look like you're part of the group, mm-hmm. and you you feel like you're part of a herd, and, and it just makes you stand yeah, out as a tourist. You are yeah. a tourist. <laughs> okay, so I mean, so in these also, you might not have as much time to go and explore by yourself unless there is that designated free uh, afternoon, and uh, um, so. And then if the tour guides do take you to shops, it's probably shops that they have some sort of convention. So it's always the same. Okay. And commissions. Sometimes they get commissions okay. too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about, uh, let me see, maybe a solo traveler, but someone is willing to make their own arrangements. Do you have a little, you know, how did you start? Um well, um, it, it sort of depends on, on you know, what your, your purpose is. One of the things you might want to do is uh, connect with your local Italian uh, cultural center for re- referrals for different things. But also, there's lots of great resources online that you might want to use. Um, you can include websites of uh, American expats living in Italy. One that I really recommend if you're visiting Rome is romewise.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, uh, she She's an American who's been living in Rome for many years, years, and she has many, many, many uh, uh, bits of information online to talk about, uh, you know, accommodations, places to eat, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, definitely. There is a plethora of websites and people that are familiar within the industry that have created wonderful blogs. Okay, traveling solo versus traveling with family. Again, if you want to avoid any major headache trying to please everyone, uh, maybe you can get expert uh, advice on have someone to plan your trip, transportation, and hotel. And also, depending on the size of the group, and this is something that people might not consider right away, if the parties in your group are agreeable to drive sick shift. So make sure that, you know, you clarify that. Um, it is actually better to book two different vehicles, depending on the size of, uh, of your family, instead of trying to find a van that would accommodate, you know, 10 people, even because those vans, if you are going to teeny tiny towns, are going to get stuck, okay? Um, and also make um, set some ground rules with your family members that you're not an expert, you know, so um, that you're trying your best to organize a trip that everyone is going to um, enjoy. So trying to find out what everyone does so that you can schedule some free time accordingly kind of you're going to become their personal um, guide. Uh, The next one I think is uh, um, also appropriate or uh, relevant to you, reconnecting with distant relatives or not so distant. Uh, You did that, right? Uh, Yes, it it helps if you've had prior contact with the relatives. For me, it 
was easy because I'm just, you know, first generation. So I knew I had cousins and aunts and uncles. Um, so if you know who your relatives are, uh, you can contact them by WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, or email. And I always let my relatives know when I'm coming, and then we make a, spend arrangements some time. to meet. Yeah, spend time yes, together. Yes, and obviously you probably have done some online research to see actually right. who you're related to in order to get phone numbers and wherever. And a useful, a useful thing is once you get to the town, some people might want to go to the cemetery to visit or the municipio, the town hall, where a lot of records are kept, including the local church. Because if you're applying for dual citizenship, uh, that's where you're going to find the records that you're going to need to apply for uh, um, dual citizenship. Yes, certainly you can go online on different uh, research sites. And and also, uh, one little bit of advice, a little caveat, if you are going to the municipio, it helps if you speak a a little little Italian. Italian. I can tell you from personal experience. (laughs) I have to say, no matter what, a little bit of Italian helps you greatly. I mean, in our Italian for tourists um, classes, we provide the language necessary to handle most of the travel situations, as well as a ton of cultural tips and, um, you know, how to do things and so forth. Now, whenever you're going to visit relatives, they might know you, you yet you haven't met them. Uh, but don't be surprised if they're going to um, expect, ask you and kind of expect for you to stay with them uh, there is that sense of hospitality that you're, you're really families like why would you want to go to an hotel so there you have to uh, be a little uh, tactful if you really feel that your language skills are not up to par to stay with these relatives for like 14 hours a day um, you know you might but you're going there you're flying 5,000 miles to be with there to be told the stories that you don't remember, you never heard of. Remember, there are so many travel apps that with basic communication have enabled travelers, first-time travelers and not fluent speakers of Italian to have some sort of (laughs) real conversations. And between language apps in your hands, you can do it. <laughs> Everybody can do it. So, uh, Viviana, when you visit your relatives, what would you bring as a gift? Okay, so if it is someone that you haven't met, uh, or maybe you have met every, you're going to visit every so often, uh, it depends a little bit of the age of the family members. So the younger generations will be happy with clothing. So whether it's a uh, the local sports team jersey or a sweatshirt from a proper U.S. brand. Um, if you have kind of parents or grandparents, people that like to display things in the house, uh, trying to find something that one is not breakable um, and two that might represent your city. Uh, for instance, um, souvenir plates. Um, is it Wendell August Ford? Wendell okay. August Ford, that yes. That does a wonderful job. Um, Sari's candy. I mean, it's something, you know, the pretzels and the chocolate. Very unique. You know, you want to provide an experience that otherwise... My family has the shopping list. You know, my nephew will have certain things. My se- and uh, I remember my brother loves the cherry Coke, cinnamon rolls, and the Pillsbury, wherever, frozen ba- bread, just because it likes when it pops. <laughs> okay. We do all the wonderful breads that I have in Italy. That was more for the popping effect. And red hot sauce as chicken wings have become a popular finger food in our house. Um, at some point in the show, not today, we will cover the opposite, what to bring back from um, Italy. So uh, let's, um, let's just um, uh, cover a little bit another topic. Um, 
What about property? Uh, if you were going to buy property in Italy, where would you buy? Uh, where would you buy? I'm still traveling throughout Italy to define that. And actually, these long extended period of times are indeed to figure out, would I love to visit that place or would, you, uh, would I love to live there? Um, so my two main pieces of advice is that, again, if you're investing money, big or small that it might be, trying to work with a local professional, don't just go buy Facebook pictures uh, on a post uh, because the process is lengthy and complex and you want to limit the aggravations of getting into a purchasing agreement too hastily without having checked at the catasto, the, the, where they keep all the deeds, if the property, as you see, is registered correctly. Was that swimming pool already there or did the owners build it and kind of might have spared themselves the work of updating the property records? Is the house structurally solid? Have a professional evaluate that for you versus you say, hey, I don't see anything falling. Everything must be good. Uh, also, you might have your mindset on a location, whether because you romanticize about it or because you might not be aware of a comparable town in other parts of Italy that offer the same amenities, maybe even at a lower price tag. So a professional that has access to properties all over the country should do an, an initial work with you to depict your Italian life in Italy with all the components you're looking for, not just the property, and also the town, movie theater, do you want a slow city, do you want a bigger town, uh, sea versus uh, mountains. Yeah, it's a very romantic thing to think about. Yeah, do. I wouldn't but think it, about the amount there's a lot right away. Yeah, you, know? you, you, have, you have to really think about the practicalities. And kind of to wrap it up, once you have identified possible areas, take a couple of trips off season. Uh, all towns in Italy are embellished by the light of the summer sun and the general tourist season amenities. So what does that town look like in the winter? Who lives there? Are you looking for other expats or do you prefer a full immersion Italian experience? So also by going off season, you might meet uh, some of the locals who might turn out to be very helpful down the road in your acclimation uh, process. And we do have a previous episode uh, where we interviewed uh, Nikki Taylor, an Australian property consultant based in Puglia. So one quick one minute, one minute, Kathy, just to say if you have an interest in regional, in Italian culinary and history and food traditions, what do you do? I, I take a food tour. <laughs> you take a food tour. I take lots of food tours, yes, in, in, in individual cities, and I've done week-long food tours. So I can say that uh, that's a great way to, to learn about Italy and to travel. And we can talk about that later some other time. Okay. So, well, unfortunately, our hour is up. And il big banner, detto stop. It's time for us to say arrivederci e alla prossima. We want to thank you all for tuning in to the program. If you have any questions or comments, or if you have any travel topics you would like us to address, please contact us at theitalianradiohour at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And remember, if you or any of your family and friends have missed a prior episode or would like to listen to this episode again, please visit our website at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org and click on the Italian Radio Hour tab. We would like to thank our guests, our sponsor, Istituto Mondo Italiano e la Prima Espresso, Alla Boara for the music. Next week, we'll learn more about the return of Alla Boara for their CD release concert at Istituto Mondo Italiano on October 22nd. And if you are not living in the Pittsburgh area or you might be out of town, remember, you can catch us streaming live at khbradio.com every Thursday 
Thursday at 5 p.m. And be sure to like us on Instagram and Facebook at the Italian Radio Hour. Until next time, alla alla prossima. Ciao, ciao. Italian Radio Hour has been sponsored by Istituto Mondo Italiano.